and more news, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. My name is Cody Johnston, and everything you just said is Everything true. I just said is true and more. Joining us today is actor and comedian Payam Banifez. Did I get Hi. Right? Hi. Yeah, How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me, folks. We're thrilled to have you. First things first on this mm-hmm. show, we got to shout out some holidays. Uh, today, October 20th. This is a fun one. Ooh. Get to know your customers day. Everybody, just All right. let us know what you like. I reject the idea that they are our customers. They are not our customers. I do not approve of that viewpoint of the relationship between our audience. Between and the someone who listens to a podcast mm. or watches a mm. YouTube channel? I don't know. I mean, I know what you mean, but I reject it. I'm just reject making a outright. stretch here. Mm-mm. Uh, but yeah, let us know. We've got a complaint box. But however, if you're listening to this after today, it's closed. Oh, yeah. This is the day for it. Yeah, you had your chance. Uh, we won't we, get to know you anymore. No, October we've had it, 21st we've had it and for beyond. Years. You just got to save it till mm-hmm. next October mm-hmm. 20th. Sorry. Bummer. And oh, wait, it's also National Youth Confidence Day. I thought that said at first National Youth Conference Day, which sounded a little like Nazi-ish to me, but mm. like, you know, Nazi youth. It's not. I was going to say, not. like, yeah, very um, Turning Point USA type of, like, like they paid for that day. Yeah, it did. But it's not. It's youth confidence. And I think that's, I got no jokes about that. Yeah, go out there. Live your life. Be confident mm-hmm. in whatever it is. Unless it's bad. Don't do that. So, yeah, don't do that. You know? I wonder who, like, sets these up. Like, is there, like, a, a, some agency that's just basically like, okay, today's going to be this day. And then. I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> I do it. I do it for the show. Nice. Okay. I make them up so we got he something to start the show up. with. Hey, oh, okay. there are yeah. National Today calendars. There seems to be people that work for this website. And there's multiple websites um, that aggregate the holidays. I don't know what it takes to make a holiday. I don't know why it keeps happening. I don't know who pays for the website. What's yeah. the purpose? Google I mean, AdSense probably, right? Google AdSense pays for it? I don't, I don't know. know. Who's commissioned it? If any of you listeners know the answer to this, we would love to hear it. I feel like it's probably just like a like a website registration type of situation. Like, yeah, I want to pay 10 bucks and now I got this day. Like, for example, but people uh, put on work into Sunday, this site. On Sunday, October 23rd, that's slap your annoying coworker day, which I will not participate in. But like, that's nothing. That's not a day. Nobody well, you can't. Slap your annoying coworker on a Sunday. Exactly. I mean, it's a it's considered uh, assault any day of the week. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. And I don't have any annoying coworkers, so. and none of us are in person, so you that's can't slap thing. your oh, annoying sure. coworkers any day. <laughs> okay. Or you could do one of these things where I put a little hand up on Zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot yeah. how to do that. There we go. Oh, there we go. Ah, no, that's a that's a clap. That's yeah, you're slapping. Your I always thought that was a double-handed uh, slap. Wait, you're just slapping your other hand. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Payam, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. Um, I discovered you. You're welcome. No, I on Instagram, <laughs> I saw... We're going to talk about um, the specific 
video that uh, you posted about what's going on in Iran and uh, was shared everywhere. But first, we're going we're gonna to get to know you a little bit. I saw that video and then I saw other videos and you're very funny um, you. and talented. And then ha happily, Jonathan also knew who you were. So this. Yes, we I go reached, way back. Way reached, back. Yeah. Way back to where? To UCB. We, oh, we, yeah. We fought together a long time. We kind of came up in the whole indie improv comedy scene and just, yeah. That's cool. Was once a, once a flourish, I mean, maybe still is a flourishing indie improv scene. Oh, is it? But it has changed and evolved over time. It, it certainly has changed. I think pandemic yeah. had a huge part in that. Um, but it's, it's still kind of flourishing because I noticed post-pandemic, especially in L.A., I heard in New York is a little bit like this too, where it's like people really want to see live comedy. Yeah, yeah. And are like flocking to even the smallest theaters for like the smallest shows. And we never saw that pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, it was so hard to sell out improv shows. Um, Didn't they now, close yeah, the second like, UCB location? They did. They sold it, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, also, because before the pandemic, there were issues with like paying performers and stuff too, mm -hmm. right? Where like they, you do, you're doing all these... You're paying for all these classes and you're doing all these free shows. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more like a symbolic thing. Like, I don't think anyone was trying to make money off improv, but it was kind of like, makes no sense that like we're technically the products and you're not paying us. So like now that the theaters, all these theaters are paying people, it's very small amount, but it's mm -hmm. more, I think, symbolic of like, yeah. hey, here is exactly yeah. yeah. We value Some... what you do and everything you've put so much work into. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And you're, I mean, honestly, by the time you're regularly performing, high quality performers, entertainers, you know, there's a service that that's not just art, it's work. So it is important. But I mentioned your Instagram and I just want to shout out your very funny Persian dad series. Um, it's wonderful. I did wonder, how does your dad feel about <laughs> depiction of him? Oh, he loves it. Yeah, he yeah. It. Yeah, my whole family loves it. I think that, like, my dad never took it personal. I don't think he ever took it as, like, oh, that's how yeah. I am exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's not. That character is just, like, a very heightened version of a lot of different Iranian dads that I've known in my yeah. life. Uh, some of it is my dad. Some of it isn't. But definitely, it's, it's very highly exaggerated. Yeah. For comedic purposes. Yeah, right? sure, sure. <laughs> I, I think... Though it, it, there is enough truth in it where it's like a lot of, especially Iranian Americans and, and, and Iranians that are like in the diaspora certainly relate to it. Because I think uh, if you're, I think anybody who's from a different country and like lives in a Western country where they had to learn how to speak English and stuff can relate to that kind of things because it's, there's always like the duality of having mm -hmm. two cultures. Like, in my home, we had two cultures. There was the Iranian culture and the American culture that we live in. And so a lot of things start after a while blending into each other. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you, when we call, like when we say when something's Americanized, that's really what I think we're talking about, where it's like your native culture and your new native culture of where you're living be become entwined. And I think in the beginning, it's a little hard to like balance that, but the longer you live in the country and, and get used to it, the more you just sort of, take what you want and leave what you don't want. Culturally I mean, speaking, yeah. It's very beautiful, actually, that I'm not trying to think of a big word and I'm not finding it. Sometimes I surprise myself and I'm able to fill in the big word. Not right now. 
you're like on your way to like yeah that it's not, yeah. it's gone and now i've made it weird but mm. i i have to imagine that this is i mean it's obviously funny and it, it's a great outlet for you as a performer but i'm sure that you get a lot of other iranian american people saying like this is me <laughs> this is my family yeah yeah and people it's Amer iranian americans have been incredibly supportive to me uh, I started doing these videos during the pandemic because, it, you know, there was no shows, there was no auditions, there was no way of like having any kind of like creative outlet. So I just kind of started doing them during the pand pandemic just because for that reason and also like being an Iranian and like I always complain about how there's no, there's very little uh, Middle Eastern representation in the entertainment industry as a whole. So I was like, well, let me make these like little yeah. videos so that like it's mainly for like non-Iranians to see it and whatnot. But I didn't think that, I guess I just didn't foresee Iranians. I, I, I don't know, for some reason, I, I didn't think that they would sort of be as attracted to it as people have and like be, you know, and support it to the level yeah. they have. And so it was a really nice, cool surprise. The internet can be cool and surprising sometimes. In a very uh, different way, I feel that with our show, we were like, oh, people find this found a home, but there's a sincerity to it. People since like even in the you're making something funny, but there's a sincere love of being seen and seeing your values or how you were raised, you know, reflected. I guess that's what they call representation. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of how it is these days. It's like you can't plan something to become successful online. You just have to kind of do this thing you like and you believe in. And mm -hmm. like after a while, people will find it if it's if you're consistent with it and you're like from your own truth and you're being yourself. So I, I imagine that's the same thing with you all. It's like, you're just yeah. being yourself, doing your thing. You're not trying to impress anybody. And then people find that. And I think they gravitate towards that. To yeah. certain, you know. I'm desperate to impress everyone <laughs> here. Just so you know, it, it doesn't apply to me. Well, you nailed I'm it. I'll talk to you about that. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, <laughs> we do, I, oh, that comes off. Everyone can, everyone can sense like, that. Look, yeah. This guy is so funny, so talented, so charismatic, but why is he trying so hard? Yes. Yeah. We I gonna... was impressed, and then I realized how much you wanted And then I that. felt bad. And then I was like, well, I'm less impressed now. This is getting actually too real. Yeah. <laughs> None of you it's true, Jonathan, at all. This is a great time for an ad break. Mm. <laughs> Probably. Thank goodness. Katie Stoll here. Boy, I just love the fall. Apple pies, apple cider, eating apples, cobblers made from apples, pork chops with apples, caramel apples, apple coffee cakes, apple crisps, a big glob of apple butter that you smear on an apple and then feed that apple to another apple before killing that apple and eating that murdered apple that was fed the original apple. And I especially love tucking into bed sheets from Bowl and Branch on these cool apple nights. Bowl and Branch's sheets are made from the highest quality threads for a superior softness and a better night's sleep. They are super breathable and buttery, just like an apple. Seriously, if you're one of these sheets people, you should try these sheets. In fact, Bowling Branch is so confident you'll like them that they will give you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. Did I mention that they come in nine colors and fit all mattress sizes? How do you like them? Fruit. 
some, some kind of fruit, any kind of fruit, doesn't matter which one. So try the sheets that will make fall the coziest season of the year. Get 15% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code MORENEWS at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowl and branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code MORENEWS. Hello, ears. You're such cute little ears. But sometimes ears get stressed. Sometimes ears have trouble sleeping. And like, there are a lot of ways to calm the ears. But one of those ways that you perhaps might like to check out is Next Evo CBD. Of course, they don't go in your ears. You have to ingest them, perhaps as a tropical fruit-flavored gummy designed to help reduce your stress. In fact, Next Evo CBD was developed by scientists and supported by rigorous laboratory testing. It's not some hogwash you'd get at a truck stop bathroom from a guy named Murray who definitely overcharged you. Next Evo combines a patented natural whole plant ashwagandha that's eight times more powerful than regular ashwagandha and 100% U.S. hemp-derived CBD extract with four times better absorption than standard CBD. To put it simply, for your simple ears, Next Evo is a vegan, non-GMO, and THC-free stress solution made using 100% U.S. grown hemp. So maybe that's your thing, either for sleeping, stress, or just to relax. Ears need to relax. I mean, look at them. They look ridiculous. So get to the root of stress with the Stress CBD Complex from Next Evo Naturals. For up to 25% off subscription orders of $50 or more, you Use promo code MORENEWS at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com. Promo code MORENEWS. Ears. So I already mentioned that a few weeks ago you posted a video to Instagram uh, talking about the protest movement in Iran and asking people in the comedy community and the entertainment industry uh, to speak up, to stand up in solidarity, and it went viral, I would assume. I mean, it did. It was everywhere. What was the, yeah, like, how was that response? I'll start off, response to that video. How was that? Uh, People were overwhelmingly supportive and nice. And, um, you know, the main reason I just wanted to make that video was because I wanted to basically uh, just reach out. And my whole goal is like, Ever since the about, it's been about like five weeks now that these these this revolution started in Iran. I call it a revolution. At first, we're calling protests, but now it's really like a full blown revolution. Mm-hmm. It's really happening right under our nose. And uh, so, my goal was to uh, is I wanted non Iranians to start finding out about it because very few people were speaking out, and I. For me, I, I knew that it wasn't about people not caring. It was just about people didn't know enough mm-hmm. about it. And people aren't comfortable speaking out about something, especially in another country that they're not knowledgeable about. So my goal with the video was like, hey, let me make this video. So for my non-Iranian friends, peers, associates, con- constituents, whoever, to like just to see what's going on. And once they see what's going on, I knew that people would start supporting. I think the Middle East in general, especially Iran, is a kind of a mystery to people in the West. Uh, Americans just just don't understand enough about it. The media hasn't done a great job of sort of giving details about the culture, the country, the politics and and whatnot. So I think that's kind of what the issue was really, was people just didn't have enough knowledge about it. And I made the video because I wanted, you know, my hope was that 
a lot of my friends in comedy would see it who have a platform and share it and then someone else will see it and share it and whatnot. It was a really emotional video. My intention really wasn't that. I think it, I was just so tired and emotionally burnt out by the time I made that video. So the thing is, I constantly have people in Iran reach out to me and they're telling me firsthand, like, what's happening? They're sending me pictures, they're sending me voice notes and whatnot. So I know in great detail what is happening. And I'm seeing a lot of pictures, a lot of images that like I wouldn't be able to share because they would get taken down right. because it's extremely violent. And I think just sort of seeing all those pictures and then just being just tired, not having slept in days kind of properly because it was all on my mind. I kind of just, I would say, had kind of a breakdown in that video. And it really wasn't my intention because I don't like to bear myself like that on social media. It's just not my style. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my style. But I couldn't help it. And then once I did that video, I, I talked to some other people, like other Iranian American performers who I trust their judgment. They felt like I should definitely post that, even though I wasn't, even though I was a little uncomfortable with sort of like bearing myself out in, in that way. But then I felt like, you know, hopefully that will make people realize that this is why this is that important that I would, right. you know, yeah. So it was definitely me stepping out of my comfort zone for sure. Yeah. And, you know, so far attention has remained on the revolution movement. And that is really incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. not even incredible. It's like the bare minimum. But, you know, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. We, we, talked about this briefly and, and the real fear being is like, well, when the eyes stop watching, because it, it's like, it, it is about keeping that focus attention and not leaving them alone with this. Not, I mean, it's about so much more than that, but on our end, we do have to keep paying attention and this isn't going to be a quick resolution. No, and, it's and a long-term game. Yeah. So you, when you say you, you've talked, you talk to people that are on the ground there, what are some of the, the things that have been shared with you, if you don't mind me asking? No, not at all. I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of really, really, really crazy things happening there. I mean, so here's the thing, just to give a background to your, to your listeners and whatnot. This all started, obviously, when uh, a, a young Kurdish Iranian woman, her name was Masa Amini. Her real name was Zina Amini. But in Iran, they're very, the government's very racist against other sort of cultures in Iran. And there are multiple cultures and ethnicities in Iran. And so they forced these different ethnicities to have Iranian names rather than like their own. Um, like she's a Kurd, Kurd Iranian. But the name that everyone knows her as internationalized Massamini, she was, so a little bit of her headscarf, the laws in Iran is that all women have to cover their hair at all times when they're in public. A little bit of her hair was, was, was showing, and then so the police, the, the Islamic morality police, quote unquote, took her, they beat her so bad that she went into a coma and then she died. And this was pretty much, I think, the last straw for a lot of the women in the country, and then they started to rebel. What's unique about this revolution is it's completely started by young women. And when I say young women, some of them as, as, as young as like 10. What people are telling me is that the brutality of the regime knows no bounds. Like the other day, I found out that they shot and killed a seven-year-old. Oh my God. And they shot her in the face. There was a 16-year-old boy they shot 24 times in the stomach. They are, a lot of these women that they're capturing, they're raping them. And this isn't, this doesn't like, 
this is information I'm getting from people directly there. And because there's no internet, the government there shut down the internet so that people can't send videos around the world. Some of these people are still able to contact me and their main thing is like, please keep posting these things because we don't have access to the internet. You're our, you and all the other Iranians in the diaspora and non-Iranians who are willing to join the fight. Like basically we are all they have. The way I look at it is like the people in Iran, they're in the front line and us on the out, on outside of Iran, we're the SOS. The only thing we can really do is, is ask for help internationally and sort of garner attention to it. So that's pretty much what people in Iran are consistently telling me. It's just like, please just keep being our voice because it's really all we have. You know, during the George Floyd situation, there was a lot of people, and rightfully so, that were accused of sort of doing lip service and just being uh, like sort of like how do you put it, performative mm -hmm. in their support online. But people don't have to worry about that in this situation in Iran because specifically the Iranian people are just, all they really want from people outside of Iran is just talk about it, post about it, share it. That already is causing a huge stare, not only in Iran, but it's globally. So it's Well, it's really keeping the attention there so that things are at least, at least people are seeing what's happening. Exactly. So... A lot of times people on Nani want to hit me up like, look, you know, I shared and stuff, but what else can I do? Can I donate this time? Like it's really because of the sanctions, no uh, financial entity here in, in North America or Western Europe is allowed to wire any type of funds into Iran. So there's no money. You, there's no one in Iran you can donate money to, none of that. The only thing we can do is what, we, what we're doing is sharing on social media and talking to people about it and trying to contact the media to talk about it more. That's pretty much the only thing we can do. So it's, uh, it's really frustrating, especially for, for Iranians like me. I was born in Iran. I left when I was six. Yeah. I came to this country when I was eight. Uh, I lived in England for two years and uh, I came here. Um, my family personally has been affected by the Islamic Republic, the, the authoritarian regime there. My grandfather, was a general under the army of the Shah when the revolution happened and the Islamic Republic came and took over the country, they executed him. And that's wow. something that's affected my family for over 40 years now, you know? So my family's directly very, been very affected by the regime mm -hmm. as many, many Iranians have. Uh, I would say most Iranians, at, for the most part, have either been... Some, the, the government's done something to, to them or they know somebody who the government's done something to. Yeah. And again, this is not, these people are the worst of the worst. Like the, the, the members of the Islamic Republic are the worst of the worst. Like I would say probably the only other country I can compare it to is like maybe like North Korea or something like that. And again, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's no other way to put it than they're the worst of the worst. One thing I want to make really clear is that we talk about the Islamic Republic. Islamic Republic is the name of the government in Iran. Mm -hmm. This issue is not about Islam. I know there's some, I've talked to non-Iranians that were afraid to post things because they were afraid they would come off Islamophobic. But I'm here to tell anyone who's listening that this issue is not about Islam. It's about the people of Iran don't want an Islamic government. They don't want to be forced into the Islamic religion. In Iran, if somebody wants to practice Islam, they should be more than welcome to. 
and they should have the freedom to do that. They should also have the freedom to not practice Islam. The same issues we have here in, in, the, in this country where it's like you see Christianity, Christian politicians trying to take over government. There's nothing wrong with Christianity. It's only wrong when it's used as a tool exactly. to negatively affect people. It's the same thing there. People aren't saying we're against Islam. They're saying we are against an Islamic Republic. We're against a, a theocratic government. We're against a government that is based on religion. That's a really yeah. important point and distinction. Absolutely, because Iran is not an Islamic country. Mm -hmm. There are Jews, Muslims, Baha'is, Christians, all types of Zoroastrians. So all those religions count. Same thing with this country. When people say this is a Christian country, I'm like, no, it's not. Here we have Christians, we have Catholics, we have Jewish folks, we have Buddhists. Everything. Taoists, we have Muslims. Yeah, we have everything. And that's the beauty of this country. We have all that stuff. So for it to be ruled by one blanket religion that basically tells government what to do and the government tells you what to do, that's wrong. And that's the same thing in Iran. So again, I want to say it is not anti-Islamic to be against the Islamic regime. It's nobody's talking down on the religion. They're talking right. about the religion forcing people to practice that religion. And that's right. really what the whole thing is about. In terms of keeping attention focused there, it's been remarkable to see this movement persist for weeks and weeks. We're in, it's been more than five weeks. I think we're in week six now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, it is very unfortunate. The regime has been successful in keeping those images out. As you said, the, the internet's been throttled and, and shut down. In doing research for this, it was much easier to find photos from protests in solidarity in San Francisco, in Brussels, in London, in Los Angeles, than it is to find a lot of on-the-ground photos mm. from Tehran and especially cities outside, you know, cities uh, and other areas throughout the country where these demonstrations are happening and people are risking their lives. I mean, we have something in the realm of 200 or so confirmed deaths, but I think it's probably much, much more, more than that. And I think that just kind of speaks to what we're up against in terms of keeping international attention on here, on Iran for the long term. Yeah, I, I think that what's going on in Iran with, with the people is at this point, they've reached a point where they understand that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to die. And a lot of these people are ready because they can feel that this is now the moment. The moment that the 43 years that they've been waiting for is now. And again, this government will stop at nothing. They'll kill kids. They don't care because the idea is to scare people enough to go back into their homes. But so far, it hasn't been working. They've done everything they have in the past that worked. This time it doesn't because I think this time there's a lot of people who like... You have nothing to lose. Yeah, we have nothing to lose. You mentioned sanctions when you were talking, and I think that that important context this is not like it's this is happening in amidst a bunch of other stuff it's not it's not good there right now <laughs> you know and like people don't have resources to just let's say leave or you know when we say that you not have having anything left to lose it's like well financial opportunities aren't really there right now there's you know you're being oppressed you're being murdered i don't really know <laughs> how you take a step back from this moment in time. Right. You know, when we talk about oppression, it's like we're talking about women are, tr the government looks at women as third class citizens, pretty much. Like women aren't allowed to divorce their husband without their husband's approval. Women aren't allowed to go to the beach 
when they go to the beach, they have to be completely covered up. But the guy could be in a freaking speedo, pretty much. Doesn't make a difference. Women basically are really okay. A, a woman can't walk down the street with a man unless he's her husband or family, direct family member. Woman can't technically walk down the street without their hijab. You can't sing or play music in public. And when I say you can't, you don't get a ticket or something for doing it. You, they take you to jail, they torture you, and they whip you, or they'll kill you. If, if you're gay and the government even suspects you're gay, they're going to hang you. There, this, this is a level of repression that very few places in this earth right now are currently seeing. Yeah. So like, this is what the Iranian people are up against. And this is, none of that stuff is part of our culture. This is like a foreign entity that came into Iran. All these mullahs, most of them weren't even born in Iran. They're born in outside places. Their culture isn't even an Iranian culture. So you look at those pictures, those pictures of before yes. uh, that they share. And it's like, my God, this is a metropolitan Absolutely. country, like cutting edge of fashion and very, yeah. I'm sorry, because they used to refer to Iran as the Paris of the Middle mm -hmm. East. That yeah. was sort of like the name, and people took a lot of pride in that. And uh, people were vacationing in Iran. Vogue, I remember, did a huge like photo shoot in Iran. Things were really getting to a point where like the whole Western world was realizing, wow, this place is awesome. Tourism was really thriving there. People from all over the world and whatnot. And then the Islamic Republic came and took them back literally like 1,500 years. And people asked, well, why did the... The Iranian people allowed that to happen. The Shah was there before. And the Shah created a great environment and people were happy, but you still didn't have freedom of speech. You couldn't speak down against the Shah. So a lot of people didn't like this. They're like, we want better than this. We want more freedom than this. So the Mullahs basically came, who were all in exile because the Shah knew these people were all scum. They were in exile. And the Shah basically started saying that he, he was giving the West issues with oil because the West wanted him for oil and he didn't want to be their puppet. So he was basically sort of like playing hardball with them. They're like, okay, so we're going to get rid of him because we know a lot, of his, a lot of the people in the country aren't happy with him. And the CIA helped the, the mullahs come into power. When the mullahs came into power, they're like, hey, all we want to do is overthrow the Shah and then you guys are going to get free democratic elections and stuff like that. People were like, okay. Second they came, they reversed that, said, no, this is all going to be Islamic law. It's everything. You all got to be covered up, women, everything. And if you don't do what we say, we're going to kill you. Simple as that. So that's how it happened. The, the UK and the US helped bring this like pretty much foreign government, hmm. people government. I do not believe that the US and the UK, their intention was for what happened. I think they thought that, oh, we're going to bring this puppet government who's cool with us. But what happened is the second the Islamic Republic came in, they say, fuck you to the U.S. Yeah, that's well, just what happens. The U.S. played hard. The yeah, U.S. The, played hard. The U.S. always has really good intentions the when best, it imposes a puppet government place. Best yeah. of intentions. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's where we are now. Also, people got to realize Shah, though he was significantly better than the regime now, he was a, he was a dictator too. The Iranian yeah. people have almost never had a democracy. And that's what they want right now. Yep. They don't want a king. They don't want a queen. They don't want an Islamic republic. They just want a regular democracy. A good functioning democracy like mm. ours. A good functioning government. Yeah. I mean. I'm kidding, but yeah. They, 
I know that they look up to what we have in this country. I think, you know, and, and people don't, people got to realize, like, I know, I think most Americans, they m care about what is going to directly affect them. And I mean, I got to say, don't think this shit can't happen here. Right. Don't think this shit can't, don't think the, that the government can't completely take over and take away all your rights. And the difference between here and Iran is here people have guns. In Iran, people aren't allowed to have guns because the regime was smart. They outlawed all guns because they knew the first thing that's going to happen, people are going to revolt. So here, but okay, then what's going to happen? Like uh, another civil war? People shouldn't be foolish to think that shit. They're trying yeah. to do it. They're literally yeah. trying to, the Republicans are ready to steal the election and and next month, then they're ready to steal the election in 2024. Like Speaking of that, that's our next topic actually today. But first, we needed to take a really quick ad break. But then we're going to be back for even more of this news. Let's do it. Oh, hello. Have you heard of the Internet? It's like a library, but on your personal computer. A lot of wires involved, and you can talk to people like on the telephone, except with a keyboard to type words or using a microphone and camera designed to plug into your personal computer. You can also watch movies on it, you know, like it's a television VCR. There's also this thing called ExpressVPN, which protects your information from going to advertisers. While a lot of cheap VPNs will sell your data, which is information on your personal computer, to advertisers, ExpressVPN doesn't log your online activity at all. Online is what we call being on the internet because you're on and like the telephone line. You see, see how that works? Another great reason to use ExpressVPN is that they use Lightway, a new VPN protocol they created to make user speeds faster than ever. With it, you can stream high quality movies with zero buffering. Movies are when a series of still pictures are displayed in rapid succession to create the illusion of movement. And finally, it is super easy to use ExpressVPN. You don't need any technical skills at all, which is good for you and good for me because I I don't have them. So protect yourself with ExpressVPN. Use our link expressvpn.com slash more news today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash more news. Visit expressvpn.com slash more news to learn more. By the way, that's what you type in the bar at the top of your internet browser window. Here, I'll draw a diagram. And we are back as promised for even more of this news. Sorry to interject there. You were really on a roll. No, no, please. Keep I I it can happen here. Uh, we want to talk about this video of, of DeSantis uh, with his voter fraud arrests in a mm -hmm. moment. But, it, I mean, it goes along with, yes, it, all of this stuff can happen. But, yes, to your point of, like, like we're foolish if we think that this kind of stuff can't, be, can't happen in different ways here or the exact same way. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So to speak to that with these these videos that the Tampa Bay Times published, they acquired some videos of voters in Florida being arrested from as part of DeSantis's Office of Election Crimes and Security, which sounds <laughs> out of a sci-fi book. These are individuals who uh, were prior felons who thought they had the right to vote because of a 2018 uh, constitutional amendment. In Florida, that restored voting rights uh, for of Floridians with felony convictions after they completed all terms of their sentence. However, some people who are convicted of uh, murder or sex offender status uh, did not get their 
voting rights reestablished, but they didn't know that. So when they registered to vote and they were sent a voter ID card, they were told that everything was going to be just fine. And now there's footage of them being arrested. I was reading people legitimately were asking, should I am I able to am I specifically allowed? And they'll say, just try. If you don't Mm -hmm. get a card, then you were denied. That's like multiple stories of that being a person's, some of these individuals' experiences. They were like, really, should I? And they, they were encouraged to register. I mean, I think a shit ton of um, law, civil rights lawsuits are going to start coming at DeSantis. I think, he's, I think he's one of those guys that's so stupid that he thinks he's smart. Kind of like Trump, but I do think he's smarter than Trump. I think Trump he is... is dumb on a level where it feels like maybe physiologically there's something wrong with him, but the sand is just a bum. And I think he doesn't understand that, like, he's going to get major lawsuits from this whole thing with him shipping migrants out of other states, because none of those migrants were even illegal. They were all here through legal means. So he doesn't understand he's going to get all, he's violated the civil rights of all these people and they're all going to sue him, you know? So like, that's coming for him. There's no doubt about that. I just don't know that that does anything for him politically or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all these lawsuits. Well, right. He thinks those lawsuits will usher him into office, right? <laughs> like lawsuits, he can say, ah, see, the libs are trying to. But also, like, Trump is able to do that and because he's spent his entire career, like, getting away with stuff. And, like, he's, there's so many lawsuits that he's been involved in. Whereas yeah, I feel like I mean. DeSantis just doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have, like, that same thing it's just trouble oh so it might just be more impactful it won't i mean it's not i don't think it'll make a difference in like what republicans think but i think it makes a difference and it just makes his life harder and anything that makes his life harder i'm uh i'm fully supportive yeah (laughs) yeah no that's true he'll drag these lawsuits out and maybe nothing will ever happen of them but it's at least it's stress on him and at least he has to spend a lot of money on attorneys and, uh, you know, the more stress on him, the better. Yeah, extra thing he has to think about all the time. It is heartbreaking. These videos are heartbreaking to watch, though. To watch these people that have, you know, have served time. Well, thought like that the they utter were confusion. Able to, and the utter yeah. confusion. But then you're getting handcuffed in front of your home or wherever, in front of your neighbors, your neighborhood, and you're being taken off to jail. And even the police officers are like, we're sorry, we know. We're going to get you out of there right away. Then why the fuck are you putting me in cuffs? I know. Have you ever seen police officers be apologetic before? That was wild. That was when I was, that's the part that made me go like, hmm, like probably all these cases are going to get dropped in court. And because the the cops were like, even could, yeah, like you said, they couldn't figure out exactly what the law, the violation was, but they're doing as they're told, I guess. And like, I get it. It's a felony. (laughs) Yeah. But. I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, no, I'm agreeing with you. It's just, but they're saying like, this is, but what this all is and the timing of it, all of this is because of midterms. And there are, it's interesting, this interesting, horrifying, you know, we're all like, we're going to lose the midterms. And then they started doing all this terrible abortion stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe not. Maybe we're going to fire up this democratic base but now i even at the time i was like we'll see if that good will last to, to november and sure enough um you know there are other things people care about uh that are being pretty manufactured we voter fraud being one of them you know you see these videos happening now 
or as you mentioned, the whole stunt, the Martha Martha's Vineyard stunt saying like, what? but you know, the Republicans, you know, care about crime and immigration. And and so they're just laying into it right now. Uh, What? Here's my thing on this, and I'm, I hope I'm right, because I love being right. Yeah, no, it's um, great, isn't it? <laughs> it's the greatest. But no, but um, is that politics is so polarized now that you really, I don't think anyone's stupid. I don't think these Republicans are stupid enough to think that they're going to get any Democrat voters. But I think what they're not realizing is that what you're doing is you're pushing moderates away. Because moderates are going, okay, you guys are all kind of now just fully right-wing, unhinged people. I guess we're going to vote for the Democrats because even if we don't agree with all of that, they're not unhinged like you all. But then they have their 25% base that doesn't matter if what the person does, doesn't do, they're going to vote no matter what because they're the people who are like, this is a white Christian uh, country and I don't care who I have to vote for, how much of a scumbag they are, as long as they agree that this is a white Christian country, I'm going to vote for them. And I think that's why they have such... yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you're saying. It also, this is the cycle of leading up to an election, you know, because it, who's to say what polling actually, if it's actually reflecting the the mm-hmm. will of the people or the the sea the winds of change or not? We don't no. know. Yeah. We really don't know. Um, you know, a few months ago, I would have said yes to what you're saying right there, full stop. But I think that in the wake of inflation and gas prices rising and certain messaging about crime i think a lot of those mo- those independent voters are waffling a bit more than you would expect but i don't know i don't know what do you guys think when they like the new york times does these endless uh, interviews with like ordinary americans who are voting and stuff and there's so little ideological consistency and so many people are treating this as if it's a normal time normal midterms, normal elections. I'm going to read this quote. I'm shifting more towards Republican because I feel like they're more geared towards business, said Robert Robin Ackerman, 37-year-old Democrat and mortgage loan officer. She said she disagreed 1,000% with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and erase the national right to an abortion. But that doesn't really have a lot to do with my decision, she said of her fall vote. I'm more worried about other things. And that stands out so much to me because with like what we've just been talking about uh, of Republicans are going to try to do whatever they can to win. They're going to like trump up false election fraud lies. The idea that Republicans are better on business and are going to fix the inflation and gas prices and that that's the one issue you have to care about right now after <laughs> the Supreme Court just overturned Roe v. Wade is uh, baffling to me. Well, I think you actually said it earlier is like people tend to vote for what affects them right so uh, you know it's hard to be a person with reproductive organs and see what's happening uh in the world you know you would think that but now that's passed so maybe they're mad about that but what really affects this person's bottom line is the fact that they're bottom line isn't doing well and you know and and that's what they care about even though inflation actually doesn't have very much to do with the democrats at all or president biden it has to do with i mean there could be sure uh, i'm sure that the debt stuff affects things somehow drop in the bucket inflation's happening it's happening baby everywhere that's not something you're going to vote out of office you know right 
Although, if inflation is just Biden and the Democrats' fault, why is it happening in every country? And why do we have significantly less inflation here than they have in Europe? There's no Democrats. Biden's not in Europe. Democrats, and you know, I mean, like, it, it just comes down to ignorance, too. If you believe that gas prices and prices of goods is specifically related to some type of political scheme, then you really don't know anything about economics. It's basic fucking economics. Demand was high. Supply became low because of the supply chain disruptions due to COVID. And that's why it went up globally. So it's not yeah, because of any one decision one country made. Also, if you still worry about inflation and, and sort of like the budget, why did you vote for like a one point, was it 1.3, 1.7 trillion dollar tax cut? Mm. Where do you think it comes from? Yeah, yeah a lot of these companies I, are doing it as well. They know yeah, people yeah. are going to pay the higher prices, so they make the decision to raise them even more. And they see people are still bu buying stuff, so you can get away with that kind of thing. It's like there's a lot of manufactured part opportunistic. You know, there there isn't one answer as to what is causing inflation. COVID is a big one. The war is a big one. You know, wokeness. What's wokeness in general? Sure. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. wanted to say this because it's wild. You're, and I heard this on some podcasts too, something along the lines. You, you walk through LA and it is very, very expensive in LA on a good day, but it is very, 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 very expensive to eat a meal out in Los Angeles right now. And yet all the restaurants are full. And I heard somebody say it. I wish I could remember where, but it was like, yeah, um, they're going to keep raising the prices because people keep paying them. Yeah. People keep spending the money like we the rich people are keeping this going by um, by saying, yes, I will spend $50 for my burger or whatever the fuck you decide. Yeah, the demand is still there. So, yeah, why change it? Anyway, I say, though, business owner like it's one thing. The corporations are one thing, but business owners are they're just kind of dealing with the same thing, too. Like, let's it's the true. Firm. Yeah. So goods for them are higher. So now they have to charge higher to be able to meet their uh, bottom yes. line. But I think the people that are really playing the game are the corporations. I think Bernie Sanders posted something really interesting about how basically in 2000, I forgot what date it was, but there was some date where gas prices per barrel were the same as it is now. Mm -hmm. Gas prices were a dollar less back mm -hmm. then. Oh, we're no, you're completely correct. I don't mean to mistake my example of everybody dining out in Los Angeles to be like boycott small restaurants. That's not what I mean, although they do charge a lot there. But it is 100% about the major corporations and all the different things that drive it in any way. Maybe that's why James Corden was yelling at the bus boy at Little <laughs> Dom's. It wasn't because they weren't open. It's because the Inflation? prices were too high. Mm -hmm. So maybe, mm -hmm. maybe he, could, Corden. he couldn't. Yeah, James Corden couldn't afford the high prices. Everyone should leave James Corden alone. He's a wonderful, wonderful, hilarious, amazing actor. Uh, and I get so angry when people talk about James Corden. No, obviously the guy's a gigantic douche hole. But uh, <laughs> also, though, I, I definitely wasn't, uh, I wasn't disputing what you said. I completely agree with what you said. Like, people, as long as people still pay for high prices, no, yeah, they yeah. don't need to go anywhere, really. Well, I just didn't want people to go out into their hometowns and, like, be an absolute dick to your coffee shop because you know it, it's more expensive right. but it's just in general it's like 
maybe maybe it's more true in bigger cities, but there just is more wealth. Mm-hmm. It's the pro- a, a problem right now that I see is that, I mean, it's just to continue, the people that have a lot have plenty, and the people that have nothing have now less. Right. And they can get by and weather a year or two of this because they're fine and it doesn't matter to them that they're paying a 50% extra or whatever yeah. the fuck and it is. And it's a systemic problem and you shouldn't vote for the fascists. Right. Because Way of to bring it back problem. around. Mm. <laughs> like that's what we're saying is like, don't vote for the fascists because you think they're going to fix this problem. This yeah. like cyclical kind it's of also they don't problem. actually care. Yeah. Well, of course not. <laughs> We should touch on Liz Liz. Truss just because that happened this morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, we sure should. We sure it sure did. You're the one who's lived in uh, England, albeit briefly, but uh, yeah. Do you want me to? When you were eight, did you have a lot of like political awareness? (laughs) I was. I was very highly involved in the political aspect of society there in England, and I was working under the. uh, I I would (laughs) have. If this bit was funny, I would have kept going with it. But no. <laughs> I think it could have sustained the next uh, Listen, 10 minutes. That never this. stops us. I just couldn't <laughs> think of any specifics about... No, um, uh, it, I, honestly, it feels like ever since they voted for Brexit, yeah. it's just a mess over that. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. I, I was surprised It feels that... like a Monty Python sketch yes. sometimes. I mean, so do <laughs> we. So do we, for sure. But you're like... Well, there, there, like there are clownery is more of this sort of like stalemate deadlock clownery. Yeah. And theirs is just seems to be just like constant chaos. Like yeah. they just like get rid of people all the time. And then there's like a new person. You're like, wait, what? And then like a month later, it's like, no, 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 no. They ruined everything. So we're going to get rid of them. We just don't do that. We it's like, the, we're like, we're like, it's okay, like we're I having guess, a third president. If we were to have like a third one in <laughs> this year. Right. Like Mitch McConnell has been in Congress for Not 130 years. But... Like there's no getting rid of people here. Right. Unless they're Al Franken, I guess. But, I didn't yeah. know that you could just like switch prime ministers three times in a couple. I'm like, are we allowed to do it's that wild. here? Can we just be like, let's try Buttigieg? Okay, now it's gonna right, be like, uh, the now it's gonna be Mitch McConnell. Now that we're gonna you know. really did shake me a little. <laughs> Not really. I was like, wait a minute. There's that. I guess you can do that. But also, how does this work again? <laughs> I hope it's Boris Johnson again. I know. I was like, like funniest, so the fact the that Boris Johnson, but... like I'm back, everybody. And oh, what is this? Talk, but... Did I read it? This had to have been from your notes that you gave us, Jonathan, but this would be the only time a prime minister returns. No, I must've read this. This would be the only time since Winston Churchill, who is uh, a hero of Boris Johnson's. I'm sure he would love that. Mm-hmm. I'm. I think Churchill also sucked in, in many various ways, but it's just you know. Oh no! The war. It was Boris oh, yeah, Johnson's hero. Hero to Boris Johnson. Oh, Boris to, Johnson's hero. I'm yeah, yeah, saying that it. to be. I'm sure. Yeah, I was like, wait, Katie, where are you going sure with this? And that like, Boris, to Johnson, Boris Johnson. Yeah, no, no, no. He was a a hero to Boris Johnson, and he's the only one that's served twice after being ousted. I'm sure that Boris would love that. Is my point. Mm-hmm. I don't like his, saying his name. <laughs> Yeah, it's Boris. like the... Well, it's like that cartoon, I guess. Boris, Boris and Natasha. Well, so it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because of the Rocky and Bullwinkle no. villains no. specifically? I just realized That's why you can't watch Rocky or Rocky 2 or Rocky 3 or Rocky 4 or yep. Rocky 5. 
Yeah, or, uh, or Creed or two, Full or House. Creed three. Or Full House. People come here for the for cutting political commentary. Mm. Uh, this is the the shortest tenure of a prime minister yeah. of all time. The history of, of the UK? Yeah, uh, and by, by a lot. I think the previous one was like 115 days, and this was 40-some 40, 40 days. Wait, so how many days was this total? 45 days as of okay. Thursday. Uh, William Henry Harrison stays winning. Oh, in terms of if you're mm-hmm. just yeah isolating by the US and England. But I'm sure there's lists of monarchs who lasted merely hours. Sure, 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 sure. But I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page that's being heavily curated right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like what was shocking to me is just like in looking into this, because I was only vaguely aware that there was this like chaos going on in the UK this week. And then all of a sudden I woke up this morning and I'm like, oh, this was <laughs> yeah. like a bigger deal than uh, mm-hmm. I thought. I guess um, like when she came in to, to power as the prime minister, she announced these broad unfunded tax cuts, which just that's what sent the markets into a tailspin. That's what sent the pound down to parity with the dollar and there was this i guess earlier this week what precipitated the chaos this week is that jeremy hunt who's the chancellor of the exchequer which is the top finance guy uh said that the government was just going to undo all those proposals and that's kind of what initiates this like no confidence in a prime minister I, i but i wish that's kind of what we had here where if the the president does something that's just uniformly seen to be a huge failure you can get rid of them right Mm -hmm. then and there i mean i I would love that no would i i feel like it would create so much like yes it would be terrible like what a chaotic thing to do to america specifically (laughs) yeah it it, we can't handle that maybe one day Yeah, i don't think we have the energy like every two weeks to be like well here on the podcast we're talking again about uh you know now Now the secretary, of, now a former mm-hmm. secretary of labor, Robert Reich, is the president. So <laughs> yeah. we got to dig into this now. We wouldn't be able to like, I mean, I guess that would be better to talk about than just like fascism, climate disaster. Yeah. I'm down with Reich. Yeah. New president. Yeah. I think we did it. I think we've done it, guys. I think we made it all the way to the end of the news. And I also think we made the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I feel like it. I was going to say. I'm not positive, place. but I, it feels a little better. Everything's okay now? I feel like huh. we made the world a little bit. Guys, listeners, our customers, let us know what you <laughs> think. But only if you can get that feedback in today. <laughs> today, which by which we mean yesterday when we recorded yep. this. Sorry. So. Sorry. Payam, thank you so much for joining us. Watch this back. was really awesome. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Plug your things. Like my thing. Um, find me at uh, on Instagram at pbani p b a n i. I'm also on uh, TikTok. Uh, if you are in Los Angeles and want to see live uh, comedy, improv, and all that fun stuff, I'm at the UCB Upright Citizens Brigade. Check out their shows. Check out their schedule, calendar online, uh, and then come to some shows. And then uh, you know, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to sort of come and talk about Iran and everything. I, I, I truly appreciate it. I, I just want to say, like, for people to know and your listeners to know and you all, like, for us Iranians, when non-Iranians share this situation, talk about it, and, and show support for it, it, I can't tell you how much it means to us collectively as a people. Uh, so I can't tell you how thankful I am that uh, you all gave me this opportunity. So thank you so much. Well, we're really, really grateful for you to take your 
take time to to come here and talk to us about it because you Thank did a much better job than we ever could have. <laughs> well, you all did a great job, so I appreciate it. We all did great jobs. And you know yes. what, listeners at home, you did a great job too. Mm. You did. We will be back next week. But in the meantime, just remember that we love you very much. Much, 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 much. 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 much.